You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Just looking at this uh, celebration of Christmas, you know, we Filipinos really uh, just are... How can I say this? Uh, just addicts of Christmas, you know. We uh, we start from September, and then the culmination is actually tonight, and then we continue on till Valentine's Day. Okay, I think that's the way we celebrate Christmas. But you know, somehow, um, for those of us who's got some Christmas traditions with families, you know, we do have what we call an Advent time, wherein we are, you know, eagerly anticipating the coming birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and so. You know, something like uh, four Sundays before we get into the actual uh, tonight, uh, we have been, what we are doing in our own family is we're doing an Advent wreath. We have uh, actually five candles that we're uh, lighting one candle every week. And we are just, you know, uh, somehow eagerly anticipating, you know, just looking forward to uh, this time where we light the Tonight, we light the final candle, and uh, we are, you know, just uh, before we enjoy our, this is our family tradition, okay? Before we enjoy our Noche Buena, we'll just uh, sing a song, and then maybe uh, just talk about, the, you know, of course, the, the Lord again, and, you know, just focus in on the real reason why we celebrate this season, and that's really, you know, the birth of our Savior King Jesus Christ. Amen. More than the exchange gifts or the eating together and, the, you know, the nice opening of sparkling grape juice, grape juice, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, it's really about celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, King Jesus Christ. An eager anticipation. We wait for that. And tonight we get to do that. Uh, for, you know, for other cultures, it's tomorrow morning. That's really the main event for them. Uh, yesterday, one of my daughters, I'm not going to say who, but one of my younger daughters, asked me, can I open my Christmas gifts already? And I said, why, why can't you wait? Can't you, can you not wait till, till uh, the morning of Christmas? Because normally in our family, uh, Christmas Eve, we have our family come, come uh, together in our home. Or in you know, my brother's home, uh, we actually go back and forth. And then they get to open their gifts the next day. And so one of my daughters said, I can't wait anymore. I want... I want to open my gifts. And I said, what's the difference between yesterday and just a couple more days? You know, it's there, but it's not yet there. You know, how many of you have waited on the Lord for a long time? You know, how many of you have experienced, you know, not just waiting for opening the Christmas gifts, okay? But really waiting on something from the Lord. You know, you have a promise from God. You have uh, something that you have been praying and praying. And how many of you are praying for something really special, not only for this year, but in the months to come? Can you please raise your hand? You're praying for a breakthrough. Come on now. The front row is actually very active in raising up their hands, okay? You know, whether it's um, healing or a financial breakthrough or maybe a relational breakthrough or maybe a family breakthrough, all of us are somehow asking the Lord. And, you know, many times if it's beyond us, how many of you know that nothing is too difficult for God? Amen. Amen. All things are possible with God. And we don't really, you know, I don't really know what happened in this year that is about to end. But how many of you know and can still say that God is good this year, 2017? Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand and just allow God to just uh, be glorified and be honored as we end this year? We are actually celebrating His faithfulness, His, you know, His 
magnanimity over us, His generosity over us, His people. And so, you know, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. You know, this final song, this character that we're going to be looking at is actually one character who waited. We don't really like waiting. But this character did not just wait for a couple of days. He didn't just wait for a couple of weeks or months. He waited for years. And so just to keep us in tune with, with our series, you know, we've been talking about the, in the past four weeks, the first week we talked about the Magnificat of Mary, the song when the, when the angel appeared to her and prophesied on, or not prophesied, but told her the good news that she's going to be bearing a son and they're going to call him the name Jesus. That's, yeah, that's why she burst out in song called the Magnificat, and she magnified the Lord through poem or song. And then week two, we actually looked at the story of Zechariah, where in this old high priest have waited for many years. He and his wife has not had children, but somehow when the angel appeared, God, through the angel, promised that by this time next year, you're going to have a son. And in true enough, in nine months, but since, since he did not believe initially, he was silent for nine months, and the only time he was able to open up his mouth was during the time when he was about to name his baby boy John. And he, of course, is known as John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus. Last week, we focused on another song, the song of the angels, the song that we've been, you know, uh, singing a while ago, glory to God in the highest and uh, peace to all men on whom his favor rests. How many of you know that you and I have been favored by God? Amen. You and I have been given favor by God on whom his favor rests. God has given us peace. And the reason why Jesus Christ came on earth is exactly that. He, he wants to give us peace between us and him. He wants to give us peace within. And then he also wants to give us peace among men. Peace with others. So why don't you once again be the person beside you. Peace be with you. Okay? And also with you. Okay? So, you know, aside from the greeting of Merry Christmas. Today we're going to be looking at the story of Simeon. And I'm not sure if you are familiar with this character, but somehow he's right there smack in the you know, nativity story. You know, of course, Jesus was born already, and the parents, uh, Mary and Joseph, were about to bring him into the temple to be dedicated or to be presented unto the Lord. Now, how many of you are parents and you've had the opportunity to dedicate your child? Please raise your hand, okay? You're familiar with what I'm talking about, dedication, okay? We did, this is different from baptism. Baptism is actually uh, a sacrament wherein you go and declare that you're a follower of Christ when you're of age and you've repented of your sins. That is what baptism is all about. Dedication is when the parents present their child unto the Lord as a... Not as a sacrifice, okay? But as a transaction between them and God, saying, God, help us to raise up this child in the ways of God. And they're asking for favor and blessing upon that child. So it's customary for the Jews to do that. We've taken on that practice as well in our church. And so the title of the song we're looking at this afternoon is Nunc Dimitis, okay? Uh, which basically says, I am ready to go in peace. In Tagalog, pwede na akong mamatay. Parang ganun, okay? Now that I have seen the Lord, I can actually just, you know, silently just go away and be and depart in peace. So I want us all to stand up and open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 29 to 32, which actually is the actual song or the poem, if you may say that. It's a poetry 
of uh, this character named Simeon. Verse 29. Let's all read this out loud all together. One, two, three. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much for our time this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, indeed, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior King, our Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you have given him to us as the most precious gift of all. For you love the world so much that you gave your only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We thank you that this is the essence of why we celebrate Christmas, God. And we thank you that we will never, ever forget the fact that Jesus, the God, became becoming man, and his name is Emmanuel, and he's here, God, with us. Thank you, Lord God. Bless your people today, and may we hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a church and as a people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The context or the setting of the story is we find uh, Mary and Joseph uh, presenting the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, after the purification uh, is over, you know, when, when Mary give, gave birth to Jesus, it had to take about 40 days for her to be purified, and that is uh, customary according to the Levitical law and the, the, the law of Moses that, you know, if you have been unclean because of a uh, blood discharge, and normally if you, you know how it is to give birth, right? Those of you moms, uh, and, and Mary gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. And after the 40th day, uh, they are ready to present the Lord Jesus in the temple. And here in the temple, actually, we see two characters. The main character that we're looking at today is Simeon. And the other character will be Anna, another uh, prophetess. And so, you know, when you talk about this two individuals, they have been there in the temple for a while. They have been waiting for the somehow the arrival of this child and they don't know exactly when that will be but they were there in the temple almost every day in the case of Anna day and night according to the Bible and the reason why they were in the temple is because of one agenda and one agenda only and that is to meet the Lord you know the temple is actually the central place or figure in the city of Jerusalem for the nation of Israel. The temple is a, a day of, uh, it's the place where they go to worship. It's the place where they offer sacrifices. It's the place where in, you know, when they give their sacrifice of a lamb, a goat, or a dove to the priest, and the priest would actually, you know, uh, uh, you know, slaughter them. That will actually be almost like a sin offering or a fellowship offering before the Lord. Nowadays, we go to a church, or we go to a place of worship. How many of you know that, uh, you know, this Akasha Hotel is not a temple? Okay, uh, you know, this is, you know, you don't find, uh, you know, a brazen altar here, you know, you don't find a high priest, you know, about to slaughter an animal, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's different nowadays. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, amen. And when you call about, when you talk about the church, the church is not a place or a building that you go to. You and I are the church. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you are the church. We are the church. We are living stones built upon one another. Together, Christ is the cornerstone and we are the church, the body of Christ. There is only one body and that is us. We form the body of Christ. And the church 
is where the, the Spirit dwells. And somehow for the Jews, they look at the temple as the, you know, the manif- where the manifest presence of God dwells. During the time of David and during the time of Solomon, indeed, when God's glory would come, there's going to be a big cloud and there's going to be a, you know, a, a thick cloud of God's presence. They would sense it during that time. But how many of you know that the presence of God goes with us every single day? Amen. That's why His name is Emmanuel. He will be with us forever. He promised that, Lo, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. But yet, this couple went to the temple at that time and they were about to dedicate or present the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's these two people who are waiting in the temple. And the reason, as I said earlier, is they were anticipating the coming of the Savior King. So many people today have different reasons why they come to church or they attend a service. There are what you call regular committed disciples who come to church, who actually attend worship, you know, uh, every Sunday. And they're here and you know who you are. And there are those who are uh, special occasion Christians. They come to church on Christmas and Easter Sunday. Why are we in church? Maybe some people go to church because maybe they can check out on other single ladies. I kind of did that when I was a single guy before I became a committed Christian. There are different reasons why people go to church. Why are you here? Are you here because someone just dragged you here? Are you here because you wanted to seek the Lord? Are you here because you want to enjoy the presence of God? Are you here because you, know, you are grateful for the fact that God has you know, given himself for us and we are here that we can actually celebrate, you know, every Sunday together and worship the Lord. And, you know, there are different reasons why people come to church. And somehow these two people, Simeon and Anna, have been waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ to come. And so we, we pick it up from verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord I think this is found in Exodus chapter 13, verse 2. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male or firstborn, okay, who is the first? Every male who first opens the womb shall be called the holy to the Lord. So in, in other words, he who is a firstborn male is to be offered for service unto the Lord. Now, how many of you are the eldest boy in your family? Please raise your hand. Okay you ought to be serving in the temple, okay? So somehow that's, you know, if you are a Jew, that's your, you know, that's your lot in life, okay? And so in verse 24, and they came to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves, okay, and a partridge in a pear tree, okay? Or two young pigeons. And so we, we find that, you know, in this particular case, Mary and Joseph, they're about to, you know, they're entering the temple there. You know, Joseph is carrying uh, two doves uh, for a uh, special sacrifice and, you know, a burnt offering or a, a sin offering customary to the practice of the Jews. Now, in verse 25, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was what? Righteous. Everybody say righteous. This man was righteous. This man was devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. In other words, to console the difficulty or the the sorrow of, of the nation of Israel. And one particular 
description that the Bible is saying about this man is the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, Simeon is not a main character in the, in the nativity scene. Now, we, of course, we, we know that the major character in, in, the, you know, in the birth of Jesus is Jesus himself. Uh, if you have a Belen or a nativity scene, uh, you have Jesus, you have Mary, you have Joseph. Who else are there in the major characters? You have the wise men. We don't know if they're three or more. The wise men, they have three gifts, okay? Uh, you have shepherds, sometimes they're included in that. You have an angel, right? And then you have the sheep and the cows, because that's in the manger. But nowhere in the nativity scene you will find this character named Simeon. In fact, if you have a Christmas play, uh, possibly the young children would volunteer to become a Mary or a Joseph or maybe one of the wise men, but no one will probably volunteer to become a Simeon. Now, if your name is Simeon, that's a great name. Because Simeon is actually one of the more important characters in the Bible that we need to celebrate. Because for one, he has been there and he has been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Lord. And finally, this day that he has been waiting for has finally come. You know, yesterday we had a, in Montenlupa a celebration of the MMFF here. Uh, and major actors uh, were, you know, uh, on, um, what do you call that? On floats. They actually, you know, because it's the 100 years uh, cityhood of Montenlupa, and uh, that is all the culmination of the event of the Metro Manila Film Festival. Instead of uh, celebrating it there in the grandstand, uh, I think the city mayor, our, our mayor, requested if it can be done here. So they started off in Montenlupa Sports Complex, ended here in the film festival. And there are thousands of people who were actually uh, watching this particular uh, event. And so you see actors that are, you know, uh, top billers. You see, you know, of course, you know, there's so many, uh, I think there are eight different films uh, that will be highlighted. But my point is, you know, if, if there's going to be like a Christmas float, Mary and Joseph and those guys will be on the float. But Simeon will not be on the float. He'll probably be a key grip th- uh, you know, guy or maybe sa- a sound engineer tech or something like that. He's not going to be on that float. But what's amazing about him is he has learned to wait. Now, how many of us here love waiting? Can you please raise your hand? You know, I, we want to honor you. Uh, if you are a person who loves to wait, you, know, you, want to, you, know, you love waiting in traffic. You love waiting for your queue, you know, in uh, Enchanted Kingdom or maybe in Disneyland, you know. You don't want to go through the fast fast pass. You know, you want to wait for two to three hours before you actually do the ride. Or you want to wait, you know, for for your food if you're in a busy restaurant. You know, it's okay for you to wait for about maybe 45 minutes to about an hour before you're actually given a table. How many of you are are like that person? You know, you love, you really, you enjoy waiting. You know, nowadays, you know, it's, we, we like everything fast. You know, I don't know what internet you have in your own home. You know, I, I've not heard of any dial-up anymore. But it seems like our speed is still like dial-up, right? Uh, uh, and so, like the other day, we were waiting and waiting and waiting for, for you know, in my particular case, I'm downloading something, but it's like 
this pinwheel is just circling in my computer. How many of you are familiar with that particular uh, action okay, on your computer? And that's not nice, right? You can actually go downstairs, get a cup of coffee, and then come up, and then it's still doing that, okay? And, you know, we don't like to wait. You know, somehow people are tired of waiting. That's why we have microwave ovens. We have, uh, you know, fast food. I'm not sure how you will celebrate your Noche Bento night, whether you ordered food from outside or you cook it yourself because cooking takes time. And I realize that our culture many times, what I always hear is we don't have time. How many of you know that we all have the same time, 24 hours? But then this 24 hours, if we feel like it's not maximized and we're not productive and we're waiting, we feel like we're just wasting our time. You know, if you are waiting for a promise from the Lord, guess what? While you are waiting, I believe God is working. In the midst of the wait, on the background, we know that God is constantly working on our behalf. Your waiting will never be in vain. Yet this particular character, this Simeon, the only description that we have with him is he is righteous. You know, we are righteous people. How many of you are righteous by the blood of Jesus? We're righteous not because of the righteous things we're doing, but because of what Jesus Christ did for us on that cross. Devout means someone who's committed, who's got disciplines. He is a prayerful man. He is a man who knows the scripture. He knows exactly you know, what the word of God is, is devout, committed to the customs and the traditions of the elders. And one thing about him also is that the Holy Spirit was upon him. There's no physical description of Simeon. It's only spiritual description. You know what? If on my last day, and if they will put on my tombstone these three description, righteous, devout, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, I would be the happiest man on earth. How many of you know that is an accomplishment? And that is the description of Simeon. In today's world, we're so conscious about the physical appearance, you know, and there are some characters in the Bible where they describe the physical appearance, like Zacchaeus, you know, he was a short man. And so, you know, there's, but this particular guy, you know, Simeon, there's no description. People nowadays are conscious about their physical look. You know, they, you know, they check on the mirror. How many of you check on the mirror before you left the house, right? Not just once, but several times. That's why the cosmetic industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. We like to look good. We like to put things on our face. No, not on the men's face, but on the ladies' faces, okay? We want to be nice physically. We want to look good outside. But really what God is looking for is, how are we inside? The description of the Holy Spirit through Dr. Luke is, Simeon was a righteous man. He was devout and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. In fact, what's amazing about this guy is three times, everybody say three times. Three times in the succeeding consecutive verses, he was in, referred to as one who has heard the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, the Holy Spirit was upon him. Verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by who? The Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27, and he came in the Spirit 
in the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. And he took Jesus in his arms and blessed God. And he said further, it's interesting that every time, if you look at the different stories and the character of the Bible, the way God revealed who Jesus was as the Messiah, God normally, majority, has sent the angels to appear before men and women. An angel, the angel Gabriel appeared before Mary to talk about what she's going to be doing with Jesus. Even her uh, husband Joseph, an angel appeared to Joseph. And he told Joseph, you know, what Mary has is from me. And he again appeared to him that he was supposed to go to uh, Egypt for a while before coming back to, to Israel. Zechariah, you know, when, when God revealed to Zechariah who this special child was, who appeared in the temple, an angel. The shepherds, when they were waiting in the fields outside, the angel, angelic host, appeared to them. And they basically said, the good news is this, the Savior has been born. But not Simeon. An angel did not appear to Simeon. Guess how Simeon got the good news. That Jesus Christ is coming to town. And he's not saying, you better watch out, you better not cry, okay? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit basically spoke to him. And as I said last week, my prayer for this coming year, 2018, is that we will be more in tune with the voice of the Holy Spirit more than ever before in our hearts. Amen. That we will hear and sense what the Spirit of God is saying to us as individuals and as a church, that we will be keen to what the Holy Spirit wants to do and the plans are. And that Simeon, somehow the description of this man is he was waiting and waiting and waiting. We don't know how old he was. But somehow we can get clues that he's actually very old. Because one of his prayers is that I'm, not, I'm now ready to depart in peace now that I have seen him. How many of you young people would pray that kind of a prayer? Now that I've seen the Lord, I'm ready to go. You know, how many of you are, you know, but this guy, he's been waiting for probably a lot of, a long time, many years. Finally, he saw him. And he said, now I've seen with my very own eyes. My salvation, and I'm ready to depart in peace. He's waiting for the Messiah to come, and that is what Christmas is all about. Christmas is really a story of the faithfulness of God. That when God gives a promise, how many of you know that God, the one who gave the promise, will be faithful to fulfill that promise to us? Many of us are waiting and claiming for a promise from the Lord. Just like Simeon, if you've heard the Holy Spirit, we're not sure if he heard a prophetic word, but what the Bible is saying is the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said that the Messiah is about to come in that day. I was just trying to imagine as I was reading this scripture, you know, what it would be like if you are a Simeon, you know, you are always in the temple and, you know, you see, you know, couples bringing their children or parents bringing their children. And as each other, probably hundreds of children being presented, I don't know, uh, maybe every day at the temple. But yet, as each child is being presented, maybe Simeon is asking the Holy Spirit, is this the one? Maybe he would actually scope and look a little bit. Uh, maybe not. It's a girl. Is this the one, Lord? Is this the one? How many of you know and realize that it takes keenness 
and an ear for the voice of God to know exactly that it's the one, that's the Lord Jesus Christ coming at that particular moment in time. Many of us are preparing for 2018 and you probably have your planners already. Some of you drank all the coffee you can drink to get all your planners. <sighs> Whether it's the green one or the purple one. And here you are, you're planning for the year 2018 and you're setting it and you're putting in your goals for the year. As you pray and fast, you know, many people are, are doing that and they're asking the Lord, Lord, these are my goals for the year. Bless it, Lord. You know, let me just suggest that as a part, maybe instead of you just asking the Lord to bless your plans, maybe the best thing to do is to ask the Lord, what is your plan? Or what are your plans for me? Bible says many are the plans in a man's heart. But it's the purpose of God that prevails. Amen. And I believe that the Lord's will for you is always going to be good, pleasing, and perfect. But the thing is, you need to ask the Lord specifically, Lord, what is this year going to be like for me? And then go ahead and listen to the voice of God. It takes discipline for you to learn to listen and to wait on the voice of God. And here is Simeon finally is held the baby. And I'm not sure if you're a parent like Mary and Joseph and here's a stranger, an old man, you know, wanting to borrow your baby. You know, if you are a, you know, someone like a new mom, if you are a new mother, you know, this is your first child. You just came out of the 40 day purification rites. You know, your first time you're bringing your child out uh, of the home into the temple. We're not sure if uh, you brought into the doctor first for immunization or, you know, for, for vaccination. But yet, you know, there's an old stranger approaching you and he's asking you, uh, excuse me, can I borrow your baby? How many of you will give your baby just like that? But somehow, maybe Mary and Joseph said that this is a special man and so they actually gave the Lord Jesus to him. And this is where we find Nunc Dimittis, what we've read earlier. Lord, now, as Simeon was holding this baby in his arms, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. He probably sends the Holy Spirit. The moment that you actually see the baby Jesus, you're ready to go. It's almost like this is my purpose in life. I'm ready to go and I'm here to deliver the word of the Lord for this child. In verse 34, my eyes have seen your salvation. To depart means to be released or to be set free from this world. Basically, he's saying adios. So what he say, what he declared is, my eyes have seen your salvation. Have we ever seen the salvation of God in our lives? He saw it. And he declared it, I have seen with my very own eyes your salvation for me. Salvation is not something that we do. It is actually someone that we know. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was holding this child and he was declaring that this is my salvation. It's not about 
what we can do for God. It's not about a method. It's not about even a discipleship journey that we have. How many of you know that it's not about one-to-one? You may finish all the classes that we offer here in victory and yet not be saved. You can actually attend all the services that we have, the 11 this morning, the 3, and even the services there at the Festival Mall, 9-11-1357, and still not get saved. Because salvation is not something that you do. It is someone that you know. And his name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's the Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Mighty God. He's the Wonderful Counselor. He's the one that we celebrate. His name is Jesus, and Jesus means He will save His people from their sins. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. In fact, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which you and I will be saved. Only under the name of Jesus Christ we will be saved. Not under victory, not in any other denomination, a church will not save us. This congregation will not save us. Your pastors will not save you. Attending the victory groups weekly will not save you. But knowing who Jesus is will save us. Amen. I have seen with my very own eyes my salvation. In verse 31, it says that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Everybody say, all peoples. Somehow the Israelites, the Jews, thought that the coming king was going to be a political king. And they were longing and looking forward, anticipating the coming of this mighty warrior, the one that will deliver them from the Roman Empire. They did not expect that Jesus was going to be born in the manger. They were expecting him to come in a palace. Kind of like their ancestors, uh, King David and, and King Solomon, the grandeur of Israel will be once again brought back in Israel and in Jerusalem. But yet God had a bigger plan. He is king not only of the Jews, but he is king of all mankind. Amen. He is king of all people. That you have prepared in the presence of all people. The salvation that God is offering to us is not just for the Jews, but even for the Gentiles. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. How many of you are Gentiles? If you are a non-Jew, we are Gentiles. Amen. And we're grateful that the covenant of God is extended not only to a chosen race, but even to us. And peace to all on whom his favor rests. You and I have been given a favor by God by being chosen for his glory. In verse 33, his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. But yet Simeon was not yet done. He was talking about, you know, the consolation of Israel. He's talking about the salvation of Israel. He's talking about, you know, this child is going to be used as the light of the Gentiles at his old age. He was waiting for that particular moment. Maybe he was a young boy when he was actually seeing the Roman Empire march into, uh, you know, the, the, the streets of Jerusalem. And now he's still waiting for that. And now the Messiah has come. A different one. Not in a political sense, but in a spiritual sense. I shared this morning 
about my dreams for this nation. You know, I've heard so many prophetic words about the nation of the Philippines that we are going to be a missionary sending nation uh, in Asia launching to the 1040 window. And how many of you know that that is happening already? Not only our movement, Victory, but even other churches have been sending out missions uh, or missionaries outside uh, of the Philippines. Another prophetic word that came here is that we will be the head and no longer the tail. I long to see the time wherein when you are holding the Philippine passport, that you are not looked down on but that you are giving special favor and preference. Oh, you're a Filipino? Go in front of the line. How many of you are praying for that? You know, I don't know if that will happen, but somehow we, we, are, we know that somehow God is true to his word. In fact, God has, I believe God has no choice but to prosper this nation because of the call of God that we can be able to send out more workers into the harvest field. We're praying for that. That will be our, I'm longing for that. I'm longing to see that day, that that day will come. Another prophetic word was that we are going to be the America of Asia, maybe in the area of prosperity or in economic power. And how many of you know that we are still not yet there? But we are getting there. Amen. Because God will be faithful to his word. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand uh, this afternoon? In 10 days, I'll be crossing the line. I'll be a golden boy. I'll be turning 50. My song will be Hawaii Five O from that time on. And, of course, they start saying that 50 is the new 40. You know, I don't really feel old, although I look old. But somehow at 50, I know that I would be able to see that day. We're in... We can actually say that blessed is the nation as God is the Lord. And righteousness exalt a nation. But sin is a disgrace to any people. I believe that righteousness will be here. More than any economic transformation, my prayer is that God will bring about a spiritual transformation in the landscape of our nation. Not only here in Manila, but every island in the Philippines. Amen. I realize that there are now more than 7,100 islands. There are 500 more islands added in the recent discovery. We have now 5,600 islands. High tide. No, low tide. Low tide. And I believe that God will be faithful in fulfilling that promise. And we will just marvel when that time comes as well. And then Simeon went on to bless them and, and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. Now, I'm not really sure if that's a good prophetic word or an encouraging word. And for a sign that is opposed. Can you imagine what he is saying? If I may translate that, this child will be hated by many. How many of you would appreciate the pastor when they do a dedication service for your child? You know, I prophesy this child will be bullied, will be, you know, a butt of jokes. He will actually, you know, he will suffer. How many of you would appreciate a prophetic word like that? And that's exactly what Simeon was saying about the Lord. This child is appointed for the fall and even the rising of many in Israel. He will be hated by a lot of people, but he will be also loved by many. And for a sign that is opposed. And then he went on to describe what will happen in the future. 
and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. He was talking to Mary. And if you fast forward to 33 years after that fateful day, Mary is standing right in front of his son Jesus, being crucified, suffering, dying on that cross, uttering these words, it is finished. My work here is done. How many of us parents would know that it is going to be a difficult moment to see your children suffer right in front of you? We're not designed to bury our own children. Somehow, the natural cycle of life is parents grow old, eventually they die, their children bury them. But it's difficult if you will experience the excruciating pain of a loss of a child. And you yourself bury that child. But yet you know exactly that he or she has fulfilled the destiny and the purpose that God has for you. Another character that we can find here, and I'm about to close, is the prophetess Anna. This lady, another older citizen, has been waiting for a long time, just like Simeon. The Bible says she is the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, not the singer. She was advanced in years. Now, if you're describing someone who is old, don't say she's old, okay? This is the best way to describe a senior citizen. She is what? Advanced in years, okay? Having lived with her husband only for seven years when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was what? 84. How many of you know that is a long time? But she is dedicated. She did not depart from the temple. And what was she doing in the temple? She was worshiping, not only worshiping, but with fasting and prayer night and day. And we're just going to fast five days, brothers and sisters. Anna was fasting more than five days. What's amazing about this prophetess Anna is while she was waiting, she knew that God was working. And while she was waiting, what is she doing? She was worshiping unto the Lord. You know, when you and I are called to wait, sometimes our tendency is to grumble and complain. But my encouragement for us is that we will instead find ourselves worshiping the Lord and glorifying Him and thanking Him. Amen. In the process of waiting, we know that in the background, God is working on our behalf. A widow, unexpected in character in this narrative. During that time, widows were neglected, and yet God chose Anna to proclaim the grand truth about Jesus Christ. And she also said something about the Lord. Coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. In other words, the moment that she saw the Lord and found him to be there, she started declaring about the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe Christmas 
is not only a time for us to celebrate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's also a time for us to share the good things and the good news that Jesus Christ has given to us as well. It's a time of declaration, a time of proclamation, a time of demonstration is love for us. Amen. A time of just allowing the others to know that this Savior King has come here for the purpose of saving all of us and redeeming us and adopting us as sons and daughters. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 5, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. And what was the purpose? To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus came so that you and I can have peace. Jesus came so that you and I can be redeemed of our sins. Jesus came so that you and I can be adopted as children of God. We're no longer aliens of the covenant. We're now part of the covenant blessings of God. First, for His people, the Israelites, and us as part of our spiritual family. Can we just bow our heads right now as we... As you come before the Lord, as you end this service, maybe some of us are going through the process of waiting, and you know what you're going through. Maybe it's a waiting of a breakthrough that you have been longing to have, maybe in the area of healing for your physical body, or maybe a healing of your loved one. Maybe it's a healing of a relationship. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's an estranged child. Maybe it's between siblings. Maybe it's a waiting of salvation for a family member who is not yet serving the Lord. Maybe one of your children who's of age already and they're not serving the Lord. You're waiting and waiting and waiting for that time to come. You know, God knows what you're going through right now. and There's no trivial thing before the Lord. It may be you, a student, who's waiting for your board exam to be, you know, to be passed or to be released. I don't know what the situation is. Maybe you're looking for a job. For many years, you've been waiting for this dream job that you have, but yet God maybe had other plans for you. Let's just come before the Lord right now and just submit everything to Him. And as we end this year, Let's end this year with gratitude. Let's end this year with just allowing God to just fill our hearts with hope and faith, knowing that in the coming year, 2018, God is going to be with us. There's going to be a lot more breakthrough that we're going to be experiencing in our personal lives, in our family, in our business, in our work, in our school. If you are that person and you're waiting for something, I'd like you to raise up your hand right now. Just between you and God. Just lift up your hand right now. If you're waiting for a breakthrough, waiting for a prayer to be answered, waiting for something, something that is beyond you. And, you know, you could help God, but, you know, God wants to say, wait, allow me to work in your situation and allow me to show myself powerful and faithful in your behalf. Father, you see these hands even right now. Though we come before you, just like Simeon, God, who decided to wait until he actually has seen with his very own eyes salvation walking in front of him. I thank you, Lord God, that you will allow your people to experience your salvation on their behalf. 
may it be in the area of physical healing may it be in the area of of, uh, of uh, spiritual uh, health may it be emotional may it be financial may it be in the area of marriage or family it may be in the salvation of a, of a, a family member God you know what it is that we're going through you know what it is that we're waiting for God but I thank you, Lord God, the one who has given us the promise is faithful to fulfill and to keep that promise. We thank you because you are a God who is faithful to your word. And we can stand upon your word and we can just say, thank you, Lord God. And just like Anna and Simeon, they actually saw the salvation, the redemption of God in their life. And we will declare that we will see the, the goodness of God in our land, Lord God, in the land of the living. While we are still here, we will experience your goodness. Taste and see that the Lord is good. We thank you, Lord God. We declare your favor upon your people even right now. Thank you, God, that you will encourage us to fill our hearts, our hearts afresh with hope and faith knowing that 2018 is going to be a better year for all of us, God. Help us, Lord God, to fill our hearts with eager anticipation of what your Holy Spirit is about to do in our midst, in our families, in our personal life, in our church, in our ministry, in our nation, God. We commit this under your grace. We honor you. We worship you. We give you back all glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen and Amen.